Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
Sauter. Thank you for listening to the Rory Sauter Show. Happy Saturday. It's a pleasure to be with you all. So great to be here. I'm back. I did my, la- my last show was Tuesday, of course. It's been a few days. It's been a minute. I missed you guys. I hope you guys are all doing well, wherever you may be. Um, and now I'm getting, I, I, like I, I mentioned last week that um, you know, I was getting listeners in foreign countries. Uh, I mentioned Norway and I mentioned the United Kingdom. And then today saw more countries, people in other countries started listening to me. 
which are Germany and Mexico. So, so my last episode, uh, two two new countries started listening to my show. It's so cool. So now we have Norway, we have United Kingdom, we have Mexico, and we have Germany listening to the Rory Sauter Show. So thank you. It's an honor. I really appreciate it. And all my and all my U.S. listeners, I love you guys. You guys have been with me from the start. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I uh, am so grateful. It's, it's a real privilege. Um, I hope your weekend is going well. It's all going accordingly. Whether you're out with friends, spending time with family, stuck inside, stuck at the office, you know, whatever you may be doing, you know, uh, uh, you know, God bless you. I hope it's all, uh, hope it's all okay. Um, but it is a beautiful day in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and, uh, you know, unbelievable weather for winter. Um, I know I always talk about the weather, but you just can't beat it here in the desert. It's unreal. You know, it, it never gets cold. Rarely ever gets cold. It's a beautiful thing. But anyways, we, uh, we have our, we have so much going on in the news. It's such a huge show today. The agenda is ginormous, as you can probably see on the, on the screen. Uh, if you're tuning into my show, you can see the entire uh, layout of what we're going to be talking about today and what's occurring in the in the world in, in politics. Um, before I get to this, though, um, I appreciate there's been listeners that have started buying my uh, merchandise. I have custom made. Um, Donald Trump um, merchandise and uh, clothing uh, in my Making Christianity Great Again uh, Facebook Fi store, as well as my Make Tech Great Again Facebook page and Shopify store. There's a bunch of different, uh, for the people that don't know, there's a bunch of customized uh, Donald Trump apparel, uh, T-shirts, all that good stuff, lots of merchandise. Um, and it's all, all authentic, all good stuff. And recently I've had listeners started buying, buying it. So I want to say, you know, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, we're getting a lot of good feedback, uh, with the clothing, um, and with the merchandise, uh, we have some deals in place, um, the company, so it's just going to keep growing. So it's very positive, very exciting. And, uh, I definitely appreciate your support. Um, and anyways, uh, guys, I want to also mention um, that uh, I mentioned this a while ago on my show a while back, but I'm starting uh, a group, uh, a movement called Feminism is Terrorism. And basically what it entails is it's going to completely debunk and, uh, you know, we're going to basically go after and you know feminists and 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 get get in front of them and tell them what they're doing is wrong and you know make them you know feel stupid like we're going to take over like we like this whole I already have donations coming in it's already going to be this whole movement because if you think about it and I'm pretty sure many have labeled feminism as a terrorist organization and it is so that's why I you know started the movement feminism is terrorism uh, it, you know, it's one of those things where we cannot have 
these sort of entitled, insecure, crazy, hostile females in the streets, you know, spreading their hate, spreading their gibberish, and trying to bring down other people with them that don't necessarily agree with their ideology. It's pretty sickening, um, and it needs to be stopped. Hence why I'm, I'm starting a whole group. Um, you know, we're going to be uh, definitely um, protected, you know, we'll have security with us. Um, but we're definitely definitely going to be talking sense into these feminists. Uh, definitely going to be wearing, we'll be wearing provocative shirts that piss them off and explain the truth. Uh, they don't like the truth. That's one thing feminists don't like is the truth. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things that um, it's really going to come to light. It's really going to be an exciting venture that, um, you know, will be, will be a, a, a thing all over, all over the United States. We're going to start doing, we'll start doing marches and meetups and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to share it with you. Um, we're already getting donations. Like I said, um, it should be done here in the next few months. Um, I have some, still some more stuff to do. We have some clothing. We have some merchandise right now that, uh, we were designing for it. We we made a T-shirt for it uh, recently, but we have so much more coming out. But the T-shirt's on uh, my Make Tech Great Again uh, Facebook page shop now. You can just look see it there. Uh, it's a pretty cool shirt. It's uh, it says feminism is terrorism, and there's blood dripping down. Um, you know, because uh, yeah, they're just they're so they are just uh, and they're repulsive. They make me sick. Um, but anyways, um, you know. About the, anyways, moving on from that, our opening topic, this is, this is fucking huge. This is, this is, um, this is big. This is absolutely fantastic, miraculous, killer, unbelievable, phenomenal, every word you could possibly want to use. This is what, what I'm about to tell you is what it is. Jobless, again, I repeat, jobless claims unexpectedly fall to the lowest level in 45 years. Hear that again, people. Jobless claims unexpectedly fall to near, no, jobless claims unexpectedly fall to lowest level in 45 years. That is unreal. I mean, do you realize how the, our economy is more powerful now than ever before? People can go get jobs whenever they want. I mean, it's, it's, it, companies are giving away jobs. Companies now are des- desperately giving away jobs. The com- economy is so good. I mean, it's unreal. I'm going to read this article real quick and what it says coming in from our guys. Fewer Americans than expected filed for unemployment benefits last week, pushing jobless claims down to their lowest level in nearly 45 years. Initial claims for unemployment benefits fell by 9,000 to a seasonally adjusted 221,000. 221,000. Wait, I'm trying to see what this adjusted. Initial claims for unemployment. Benefits fell by 9,000 to a seasonally adjusted 
than 21,000. The labor market said Thursday that put jobless claims near that 216,000 level hit in January, the lowest level since January 1973. And I repeat, that, that put jobless claims near that 216,000 level hit in January, the lowest level since, since January 1973. In 45 years, that's unbelievable. Uh, economists had been forecasting a rise in claims to 232,000. So, wow. Unbelievable. The four-week moving average of claims, which is more stable measure of employment, also fell. It declined by 10,000 to 224,500, the lowest level since March 1973. Wow. Employment in earlier weeks and continued to collect last week dropped 33,000 to 1.92 million. The labor market appears to be at, at its strongest in decades. But there are signs that last week last week's reports of wage growth may have been wow, unbelievable. And it's all because of the tax bonus. All because of the tax reform. Unreal. So I want to read this part again. The four-week moving, the four-week moving average of claims, which is a more stable measure of employment, also fell. It declined by ten thousand to two hundred and twenty-four five hundred thousand, the lowest level since March nineteen seventy-three. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable, folks. That is unfucking believable. No other president has done what President Trump has done. President Trump, this is all President Trump. Do you realize President Trump had to cut 800 Obama regulations to, in order to get this perfect economy? Obama was the worst ever for the economy. And look what Trump did in one year. He got unemployment to a 45-year low. Unemployment to a 45-year low. This is the best unemployment Stance we've seen since 1973. 1973, people. Unfucking believable. I mean, every, but there's money everywhere. People are spending money left and right now. The market is, is the hottest it's ever been, is the most powerful it's ever been, is the most enthusiastic it's ever been. Consumer optimism is at an all-time high. Think about that. Consumer optimism is at an all-time high. People want to spend. People want to buy. Now is the time to buy. People feel uh, financially protected in this economy. And you know what happens when people feel financially protected and they're liking what they're, what's going on in the economy? They spend more. They make investments. And they gain. And that puts more money back in the economy. It keeps businesses moving. Businesses are loving all of this right now. Every business is loving this. Think about all the tax cuts and bonuses that are going out to employees from these largest companies. 
I'll give you an example. I mean, I've mentioned so many companies that have given tax bonuses uh, on my show before because um, it's been going on for the last couple weeks and months. Um, but just for an example, this past week, as an update, Best Buy um, gave their employees all tax bonuses, all of them, of $1,000 tax bonuses and a bunch of other benefits. And just this past week, Chipotle, one of the biggest companies, gave all of their employees uh, huge bonuses and huge benefits as part of as because of Trump's tax reform. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, this this just is. There's so much economic freedom. There's so much economic opportunity. It's all here. It's all visible. It's all in front of us. And you you the excitement is so there. You've got to love the excitement, people. You have got to love the excitement. In one year, Trump did this. In one year, he made this perfect. Miracle man. He's the closest thing to God as it gets. He's a machine. He's a robot. He sleeps five hours a night, and he's back up working for the American people and making deals for us and doing great stuff like this. Amazing. All righty. Um, a better big article came out um, this week. Food stamp enrollment drops by 4 million in one month. I repeat, food stamp enrollment drops by 4 million in one month. That is unfucking believable. It goes down that. I mean, we've never seen this with Obama in one month. Obama would be having 12 to 15 million on food stamps a month. Now it's dropping by 4 million a month. But Obama always had the food stamp enrollment going up, going up, going up. Obama's whole motive was to keep food stamps going and and wasting taxpayers' money. But now we're doing the right thing. President Trump is not letting these people take advantage every anymore of the welfare system. And and the economy is so good, people can go out and get jobs and, you know, make a good living for themselves, and that's what's happening. But this is unbelievable. Food stamp enrollment drops by $4 million in one month. In one month. I'm going to read part of the article. This is unreal. Four million people dropped off the food stamp rolls in one month, according to the latest numbers on food stamp enrollment from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Jesus. And like I said, if, when Obama was in office, the food stamp number would be tripling every month, the people getting more of it every month. It would never be going down under Obama. It would always be going up. I mean, which was a disgrace to our taxpayers. Yep, this is um, data from the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and it is called a staggering decrease. Unreal. This is, wow. But, yeah, think about that for a second. Think about all that money that can go back 
into our pockets that could go back into the into the taxpayers into the taxpayers into more useful things that we could put it towards building you know like our roads like our streets like our infrastructure like our schools like our our uh you know un, you know the 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 you know the neighborhoods that don't have the best privileges the you know the just the people that are less fortunate the homeless you know different organizations i mean there's so there's oh, where all that money can go to it's going to be great and we know trump will put that money in the right place and you know it's going to save taxpayers a shit ton too so we'll get some of that money back as well um but wow i mean it's just it's every day it's more and more good news we get every every fucking day it's it's like a treat you wake up you wake up and you can't wait to it's like christmas it's like christmas morning you wake up and you can't wait to run to the tree and open up your present president president i mean no it's christmas morning and you it's this is the example i give it's christmas morning and you can't wait to go to the tree and open up your present that's what it's like with this president i mean it's every day it's like a gift it's like oh my god every day's christmas it really is it really is it's it's amazing. It's it's amazing. It's beautiful. And, you know, I couldn't ask for, you know, America, you know, Donald J. Trump will go down as the greatest president of all time. For everything, everything he's shined light on, everything he's addressing, everything he's taken action on, nobody has even come close uh, to being as uh, great as him uh, and, I mean, he's the greatest of all time. There's no doubt about it. The goat. Um, so, the latest FBI text. This is a big story going on. Uh, the latest FBI text show that Barack Hussein Osama lied about spying on the on president donald j donald j trump's campaign um so yeah so so here's the thing you know obama for the longest time we know this was told in interviews that he has nothing to do with the fbi's investigations um you know he, he stays out of it he, he doesn't he doesn't interfere, you know, with uh, what they're doing. And you know, he when he when Obama was, when Osama was president, he said he just stuck to being the president, and he didn't interfere with investigations uh, that were that would, you know, uh, cause problems for him possibly. But you know, Obama, Osama did uh, interfere um, with with the investigation and did spy on President Trump. So Obama lied about spying on on the Trump campaign. We knew he did all along. The the FBI texts show this, and I want to pull them up for you. Where is it? Okay, here it is. The latest round of released texts between FBI agents Peter Stork and Lisa Page reveal that then-President Obama wanted to know, quote-unquote, everything 
about the investigation into Hillary Clinton's secret email server report, reports Fox News. Page and Stork, who were engaged in an extramarital affair, exchanged the text on September 2, 2016. The text reads, POTUS wants to know everything we are doing. This is written within the context of disgraced former FBI Director James Comey wanting to prepare talking points to, to give Obama. Theaters say this text raises questions about Obama's personal involvement in the Clinton's email investigation. The whole idea of an FBI director preparing talking points for the president on such a sensitive issue is bound to raise questions. So, too, Obama's apparent involvement in an ongoing investigation directly involving one of his former cabinet members and possible successor. More, however, this news is, dire- is directly contradicts what Obama told the public. Like I said, he lied. This is what he said, quote, unquote, I do not talk to FBI directors about pending investigations. I guarantee that there's no political influence in any investigation, Obama said then, reports the Daily Mail's David Marticos. Stork and Page are the high-ranking FBI agents who despise Trump and exchange thousands of text messages, some of which have already been made public. Incredibly, both were part of Robert Mueller's special counsel investigation against Trump until it was revealed that they have, have exchanged texts that not, not only trashed the president but talked of an insurance policy should he win the election. Wow. Other revelations in this latest batch of texts, including Stork smearing Virginians as ignorant hillbillies after disgraced former FBI director Andrew McCabe's wife, a left-wing Democrat who received hundreds of thousands of dollars from organizations run by Clinton's Terry McCullough, who runs Clinton's uh, fundraisers, Terry McCullough, for a Senate race. Um, wait, 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 wait. Wait, let me read this again. Other revelations in this latest batch of texts, including storks smearing Virginians as ignorant hillbillies after disgraced former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe's wife, a left-wing Democrat who received hundreds of thousands of dollars from organizations run by the, the Clinton um, Foundation, lost a primary. Okay, so she got donated money, like I talked about before on my show, and then, yeah, we remember she lost, um, not not Hillary, but Andrew McCabe's wife that Hillary donated a bunch of money to. Uh, while his wife received this money from uh, McCullough, who works for the Clinton Foundation, McCabe was overseeing the investigation into Hillary Clinton's secret email server. Disappointing, but look at the district map, Loud, Loudon is being gentrified, but it's still largely ignorant hillbilly. Stork's November 2015 text reads, which I'll do this again. This is quote-unquote what Stork says in his text. Disappointing, but look at the district map, Loudon, Loudon is being gentrified, but it's still, it's still largely ignorant hillbilly. Stork's November 2015 text reads, the day after he lost. The irony of Stork misspelling hillbillies is worth noting. Yes, he did. Fox News also obtained text written by Stork in the immediate aftermath of Trump's president victory. Quote, unquote, oh, my God, this is fucking terrifying, he wrote to his paramour. Quote, unquote, oh, my God, I am so depressed. A week or so later, Page wrote, quote, unquote, "I I bought all the president's men 
figure I need to brush up on Watergate. Wow. So they had it in. They had to fix in. They had to fix in. The next day, let me read that again to you, what this FBI agent uh, said, and that this was all planned. A week or so later, Paige, which is the other woman involved with the FBI, was Stork, says, quote, unquote, I bought all the president's men. Figure I need to brush up on Watergate. Wow. Wow. And everybody knows what Watergate was. But I can assure everybody and everybody knows that's rational. I mean, I know I have some hateful liberals that listen to my show, but everybody knows that's rational. Uh, The Watergate, uh, what's going on with these people, with um, um, the the bias uh, of the FBI and the anti-Trump stuff, I mean, this makes Watergate look like chopped liver. I mean, these people that were against Trump and that were, were going to set up Trump are going down. They're going down. Wow. And then another text says, the next day, November 14th, Paige texted something saying, God being here makes me angry. Lots of high Fallotin national security talk. Meanwhile, we have our task ahead of us, quote unquote. Wow. So it was, they had, they wanted to plan an impeachment from the get go. It's sickening. It's disgusting. Our FBI was so, was so biased and was best friends with Hillary Clinton. Our task again, raises questions about Stork's August text about the anti-Trump insurance policy, which many believe is the phony Russian dossier that was paid for by the Clinton campaign, but still used by Comey's FBI to obtain surveillance warrants on those affiliated with the Trump campaign. So there you have it, folks. I mean, you you have You know, this has been going on, you know, obviously, if this had, if we, if we just started knowing about stuff like this in, in the FBI, imagine what's been going on at the FBI for years. Imagine all the corruption. Imagine all the dysfunction. Imagine all the, the shadiness. Imagine all the illegal activity. Imagine everything nasty and dirty you can think of, and that's the FBI it's it's not just with this the yes this this shows you know a, a severe uh loss of credibility uh for the FBI um obviously with this stuff but it the all report reports are just going to keep coming out obviously about Trump and their bias and their hate towards him and but there's also going to be so much nasty shit that the FBI wasn't telling us uh, you know, just about, you know, uh, in politics in general. Stuff is going to come out that is going to haunt people. The FBI is a dirty, it's a dirty, sloppy uh, swamp. And that's why Trump always talks about draining the swamp. Draining the swamp isn't, isn't, is with everything. It's with the FBI. It's with, the, it's with politicians. It's with Hollywood rapists. It's with all the corrupt people that were getting away with all this ter- these terrible things for so long, and now it's all coming out. The truth is being uh, totally, uh, you know, 
uh, brought to light and it's becoming visible for all of us. Now we're becoming more aware and more people are waking up every day. I mean, you think about, you think about how the, how the fix within, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's really sad. It's really sad. Now, here's something very – here's a story that came out the other day, and uh, I talked about it a little bit on my Twitter, which you can follow me on Twitter, Rory, at Sodder Rory. Again, that's at Sodder Rory on Twitter. It's just my last name and then my first name. Um, so John McCain so, – John McCain's associate – associate received the Trump hoax dossier directly from Fusion GPS prior to FBI handoff. God, this fucking, this senile fucking fuck was behind it the whole fucking time. This old piece of traitor shit, rhino, liberal fucking, he's, he's, this John McCain is a, is the is the epitome of he's a scum he's a scum as I wish he would fucking die already. He does not belong in the Senate. He it was a traitor in, in the in the war. He betrayed the American people to to give to give the uh, the foreigners tips. He 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 um he left his own men. For his own gain, he gave he gave secrets away to the for, to the for, to the foreign enemy, and we call and and then if anybody remembers, I mean John McCain has has been scummy for his whole political career. And it 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 pisses me off. And we all know because of this, John McCain received the, the fake dossier, and we know Matt McCain was behind this somewhat, along with the Democrats, along with other people, directly. But McCain, McCain got it, sounds like, directly, because Fusion GPS is the ones that first had it. So it sounds like McCain was, one, was the first person to receive this uh, report. So McCain was the guy that was never for Trump. He wanted Trump out of there before Trump even came in. McCain's bitter. McCain's ugly. He's corrupt. He's crooked. He's as two-faced as it gets. He's backstabbing. He wants amnesty for everyone. He wants open borders. He takes orders from George Soros. He takes money from George Soros. He takes money from dirty people in the Middle East. He's been involved in several financial scandals in Arizona throughout the years that he got away with. The list goes on about John McCain. He's not a war hero either. Trump was right when he said that. John McCain is not a war hero. John McCain was a traitor in war. He gave up his own people, John McCain. But I'm going I'm to go into this real quick, this few – this McCain, John, this uh, John McCain uh, Fusion GPS deal. 
David J. Kramer, a former State Department official and a longtime associate of John McCain, received a copy of the infamous, largely discredited 35-page dossier on President Donald Trump directly from the controversial Fusion GPS political opposition research firm, according to a report in the Washington Post. Kramer obtained the dossier from Fusion GPS after McCain expressed interest in the document, according to the report. McCain then reportedly passed the dossier directly to FBI Director James Comey. The new details mark the clearest indication yet that McCain may have known that the dossier originated with Fusion GPS, meaning that he may have knowingly passed on political opposition research to the FBI. Of course he did. Until now, it has not been clear whether McCain was aware of the uh, facts of the dossier when he handed when he handed delivered the unsubstantiated document to Comey. It is still not clear whether McCain knew what that Fusion GPS anti-Trump work resulting the dossier was funded by Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and the Democratic National Committee via the Perkins Coy Law Firm. McCain has not responded to multiple Breibart News requests seeking comment on the matter. The details, hold on one second. The details about McCain's involvement were buried towards the end of a nearly 4,100-word February 6th Post article titled Hero or Hired Gun, How a British Former Spy Became a Flashpoint in the Russia Investigation, quote-unquote. The article was an extensive report describing the work done by ex-British spy Christopher Steele, who was contracted by Fusion GPS to produce the dossier. The Post article follows the release of a four-page House Intelligence Committee memo alleging abuse of surveillance authority allegedly utilizing the questionable dossier. According to the Post, Steele originally sought out Sir Andrew Wood, a former British ambassador to Moscow and friend of Steele, for advice prior to the election concerning his alleged research into Trump. In mid-November, following Trump's victory, Wood reportedly turned to Steele to discuss whether additional steps were necessary to ensure the U.S. government was aware of Steele's charges about Trump and Russia. Wood said, Wood, Wood said that he then reached out to Kramer, who was known for his close ties to McCain, according to the Post. The Post cited Wood explaining that Kramer had arranged for Wood to meet McCain in December 2016 on the sidelines of a security conference in Canada. There, Wood described detailing Steele's claims at the meeting with McCain, telling the Arizona senator that he could arrange for the politician to review the per, the, per, um, the, the, the research. I told him, I know there's a document. I haven't read it, but it seems to me that it's reliably set up, Wood told the Post. Wood described McCain as being visibly shocked and expressing interest in reading the full report. Ten days after the Canada meeting, Kramer met Steele at, at Heathrow Airport in London and then went to Steele's home where, where the McCain associate spent several hours reviewing the dossier claims according to people familiar with the events who spoke to the Post. The Post relates that Kramer then received a physical copy of the dossier directly from the Fusion GPS co-founder, Glenn Simpson. And let me remind you guys, <clears throat> Kramer is uh, McCain's associate, and he's going to pick up the Fusion GPS, as stated, in this as stated in this article. Back in Washington, Kramer received a copy of the dossier from Simpson and completed the handoff to McCain. 
In a private meeting on December 9th, McCain gave Comey the dossier, passing along information that Steele had provided to the FBI earlier in the year. Shortly before Inauguration Day, Comey briefed Trump on the document, alerting him to what the FBI director would later describe to Congress as a report that contained, contained salacious, unverified information that was circulated in the me- circulating in the media. The Post's reporting marks the first public description of McCain's associate Kramer as receiving the dossier directly from Fusion GPS. In a New York Times op-ed last month, Simpson and fellow GPS co-founder Peter Fritsch relate that they helped McCain share the anti-Trump dossier with the Obama-era intelligence community, community via an unarmed emissary. After the election, Mr. Steele decided to share his intelligence with Senator John McCain, Intelligence Senator John McCain via an emissary, the Fusion GPS founders related, we helped him to do that. The goal was to alert the United States National Security Committee to to an attack on our country by a hostile foreign power. Simpson did not write that he directly directly handed the dossier to any to any emissary. It was not clear from the obscure phraseology in the op-ed whether McCain knew Fusion GPS was behind the dossier or whether the unarmed em- emissary was even aware of Fusion GPS's connection to the document. The post revelation about Kramer reportedly receiving the dossier from Simpson sheds new light on the topic. Wow. A January 11, 2007 statement. A January 11, 2017, 2017 statement from McCain attempted to explain why he provided the documents to the FBI but did not mention how he came to possess the dossier or whether he knew who funded it. Upon examination of the contents and then unable to make a judgment about their accuracy, I delivered the information to the director of the FBI, McCain said at the time. That has been the extent of my contact with the FBI or any government agency regarding this issue, McCain said. Kramer was reportedly questioned by the House Intelligence Committee about this involvement in the dossier affair. Newsweek earlier reported that McCain directly Kramer, that directly Kramer to meet Steele. Kramer was reportedly directed to meet with Steele in London by, by McCain, who then received, received copies of the Trump-Russia dossier and delivered them to the Arizona senator upon returning home. McCain then gave the dossier to the FBI in December 2016. It is clear why McCain needed to deliver the dossier to Comey last December. By then, according to the House memo, the FBI had not only already launched an investigation into Trump's campaign, partially utilizing the dossier, but Comey himself had two months earlier signed an application using the dossier to obtain a FISA warrant on Carter Page, who briefly served as a volunteer foreign policy advisor to Trump's campaign. Shortly after McCain gave Steele's dossier to Comey, the FBI chief updated then-President-elect Trump and President Obama on the dossier in a classified briefing. As Breibart News documented, Comey's dossier briefing to Trump was subsequently leaked to the news media, setting in motion a flurry of news media attention on the dossier, including the release of the document to the public. The briefing also may have provided the Wiener of respectability to a document that had been circulating for months with, within the news media, but widely considered to unverif- 
to unverified to publicize. Wow. 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 So McCain was behind this all along. McCain was behind this. McCain was behind this shit all along. Unbelievable. And I knew from the start. I mean, we, we, we know McCain is a rhino, a reno. We know he takes orders from George Soros. We know he doesn't stand for conservative values. There's no way. It's an absolute disgrace. Disgrace. Sickening. Oh, my God. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things that McCain needs to be put in jail. If McCain is behind this, McCain will be investigated. McCain will be forced to resign. McCain will suffer, will, force, will be faced charges. I mean, McCain, you know, from the start, you know, obviously was behind this whole thing. He kept it under wraps. He kept it quiet. But there's more and more news coming out about, McC- about McCain, and there was from day one. And I absolutely believe McCain was behind this. And they need to launch an investigation into McCain, John McCain, and this whole dossier. Because McCain's people were the first to get get their hands on it. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? They're the most guilty, if you ask me. Absolutely. It's so corrupt. So fucking corrupt. Um, the Washington Post, for the first time, detailed two meetings the newspaper reported it held with former British spy Chris, Christopher Steele, the author of the infamous, largely discredited 35-page anti-Trump dossier. At least one of the meetings was also attended by Glenn R. Simpson, the co-founder of the controversial opposition research firm Fusion GPS. The meeting took place in September and October of 2016. The Post wrote that it, quote-unquote, made efforts to independently confirm Steele's information at the time, but was unable to corroborate his specific findings and did not publish stories based on the material. The first meeting was held in the Post-D.C. headquarters in late September 26th in the run-up to the presidential election less than two months later. The Post related... As Steele sat down in a seventh-floor conference, conference room at the Post Downtown Washington headquarters in late September 2016, he looked out at the bustling newsroom with obvious discomfort. Don't you have any meeting space without glass walls? The longtime intelligence officer asked. Who, who is Christopher Steele? He asked that, very nervous. On that September day, on that September day Steele talked for almost two hours. Wow occasionally interrupted by Simpson, who was in attendance. The Post reported it held a second session with Steele in October 2016 and agreed to keep the meeting off the record. The Post agreed to keep the session off the record because of the sensitivity of the material, but it is now reporting the existence of the visit and the subsequent subsequent one in October. 
the subsequent one in October, although not was discussed because they have been referenced in court documents. Around, hold on one second, guys. I was having a connection issue. Around the same time, Steele, okay, I'm back. Around the same time, Steele also met with other news organizations, including the New York Times, the New Yorker, and Yahoo News, according to court filings. In an article published on September 23, 2016, Yahoo chief investigative correspondent Michael Isakoff reported that U.S. officials had received intelligence reports alleging that Carter Page had met with Igor Sitchin, executive chairman of Russian Energy Corporate Rosneft, while in Moscow in July, a finding of Steele's research. Page has denied meeting with Sitchin, but later acknowledged interacting with one of his deputies. The details about the newspaper's two meetings with Steele were contained within a nearly a four with a 4,100-word February 6th Post article titled Hero or Hired Guns, How a British Former Spy Became a Flashpoint in the Russian Investigation. The Post did not make clear whether during the time of the meeting the newspaper was aware that Fusion GPS was being paid to conduct the firm's anti-Trump work on behalf of both Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and the Democratic National Committee. The newspaper reported on those financial arrangements on October 2017. This is not the first time Steele's contacts with the news outlets have been disclosed, but it marks the first time the Post detailed its meetings. A four-page House Intelligence Committee memo released last week alleging abuse of surveillance authority revealed that Steele had been terminated as an FBI source after the agency discovered he made an unauthorized disclosure to the news media about his relationship with the FBI in an October 30th, 2016 article published by the left big-time left uh, news media outlet, Mother Jones. The memo, city, the memo cites court filings in which Steele admitted to meetings with other news outlets. The memo also cited Steele's meetings with Yahoo News as related in a court filing. When BuzzFeed published Steele's full dossier on January 10, 2017, the website related the information had been circulating among elected officials, intelligence agents, and journalists for weeks. Later in the article, the website stated the dossier information had circulated for months. So, that, I mean, God, I mean, the, the Chris, Christopher Steele thing, it's all a hoax. We all know Christopher Steele, you know, the Russia thing he came up with, it's, it's all fake. And, you know, it was all uh, a fake thing they came up with and tried to put on Trump, and Trump had nothing to do with Russia, and they know that, and you know they they just can't get over it. They just they just can't get over it. Especially a lot of these uh, liberal newspapers, and you know how dishonest they are. But and the fact that they're releasing uh, information about these interviews like this long later, like fuck, come on, be serious. It's bullshit. Fucking bullshit. I mean, the Washington Post is one of the they're they them and I think they're. Them and CNN are the most evil, and MSNBC, and MSNBC. But I think Washington Post tops them all. I mean, they're the most evil. They are as evil as it gets. They have it out for Trump. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so this is very cool, um, and this is awesome. Um, a new poll out shows that majority of Americans, 78, 
78% of Americans uh, believe that Obama wiretapped and spied on the Trump campaign. They believe. So, you know, they believe all the reports uh, from Trump, um, and they believe, you know, what uh, the honest media is telling them. So 78% of Americans believe Obama spied on Trump. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good number, and, and that, that goes back to my point of what I said all the time. The American people are waking up more and more every day to the truth and to the reality and to what to, what to, what to believe and what not to believe. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where um, it's one of the, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's Trump shining this light. Trump is, is shining the truth on all of us on every one of us. He really is. He really is, guys. It's fascinating to see. I mean, we've, America is the most powerful it's ever been. We, I mean, we are, this nation, uh, we've never seen, we've never seen anything like it. The economy is the most powerful it's ever been. The everything, our military, the unemployment, the unemployment rate. So moving on to my next topic. This is this is something I've been talking about for a long time. Um, and it always bothers me. It bothers me quite a bit. Okay, so welfare for foreign refugees costs our taxpayers, and I'm going to read this number to you, and I ain't bullshitting you. It's not a fucking joke. $170 million a year. Think about that, people. $870 million a year it costs U.S. taxpayers for foreign refugees. And when I hear motherfuckers and when I hear ignorant fucks and all these dumb, like, douchebags douche and all these fucking twats saying, you know, saying, you know, they belong in this country, let them stay, deporting, deporting them uh, would be cruel, it would be a, a inhumane, it would, it would be against human ethics. You know what? You know what? You know what? And then they say... Stop talking like you're white privilege. Stop talking like you're white privilege. This has nothing to do with white privilege. And it, and I, I hear that all the time when I when I when I talk about this illegal topic on, on how it takes it especially with a liberal. I hear like that reaction from a liberal and it's pathetic because if you think about how much money uh taxpayers waste on these fucking foreigners that don't belong in this country and just cross our fucking border it's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. And there's a new study, and I'm going to read to you. And this, this will blow your fucking mind. This will blow your fucking mind. A new study by the Federation for American Immigration Reform reveals that annually foreign refugees are being given about $867 million in welfare benefits that U.S. taxpayers pay for. Every year, taxpayers are billed about $1.8 billion for the full cost of reset, resettling foreign refugees. And after 
five years, American taxpayers will have spent about eight eight point eight billion. That's eight point eight billion with a B on resettling foreign refugees. The study reveals the cost per refugee to American taxpayers just under seventy nine thousand every year in the first five years after a refugee is resettled in the U.S. The cost per refugee to American taxpayers is about $79,000. Sickening. In 2016, the State Department spent nearly $545 million to process and resettle refugees, including $140 million on transportation costs. $140 million on transportation costs. Of the $1.8 billion, with a B, in resettlement costs, $867 billion, with a B, was spent on welfare alone. Sickening. In their first five years, approximately 54% of all refugees will hold jobs that pay less than $11 an hour. And, you know... It does. That's you know. It doesn't really. That doesn't really benefit to our economy that well. I mean, seventy-one million will be spent to educate refugees and asylum seekers. A majority of which will be paid by state and local governments. Jesus. Over five years, an estimated fifteen point seven percent of all refugees will need housing assistance, which is rough. Which is rough. Which is roughly. 7600 per, $7, $7, per household. That was in 2014, so you can only imagine it went up, that, that specific um, fact. In 2016, former President Osama, last, last year's in office, last, in 2016, former President Osama's last year in office, the U.S. admitted more Muslim refugees to the country than ever before in history. That year, nearly 40,000 Muslim refugees were placed in the U.S., as noted by the Pew Research Center. Again, that's Pew Research Center, and they are a very reliable um, research uh, database. Um, and I'm going to read this, too. Since, the, since 1980, the U.S. has admitted more than 3.5 million foreign refugees with nearly 100,000 refugees living in 2016 under former President Obama. President Trump, a critic, of, a critic of mass resettling foreign refugees throughout the U.S., lowered the number of refugees admitted to the country, reducing the annual flow of refugees by 70% in his first year in office, as Breibart News reported. Yep, I, I remember talking about this on my show a while back, but yep. Trump uh, decreased um, entrance of refugees. Uh, he lowered the number of refugees admitted to the country uh, by 70%. Lowered it by 70%. That's unbelievable. In, in Trump's first 11 months, Trump admitted 28,875 foreigners, so under 30,000 foreign refugees to the U.S., a vast difference from the whopping nine. Almost 100,000 foreign refugees admitted in the same time period under Obama. Likewise, for physical year 2018, Trump has lowered the number of refugees who can enter the U.S. to 45,000, the lowest refugee cap since 1980. 
Good. So we're taking – we are um, definitely uh, cutting back, which is good, which is very good, very good. Um, let's see here. So, I mean, yeah, you know, that whole fucking thing, you know, all these people in Hollywood, all, all these ignorant liberals, oh, it's their home too. Dreamers, dreamers are America too. No, they're fucking not. And if you want them so fucking bad, why don't you put them in your own fucking house? Why don't you put them in your own house? Why don't you why don't you put them in your own in your own your own your own place and take care of them and feed them and support them and pay for their clothes, pay for everything, pay for their food, pay for it all, pay for their housing, pay for their car, pay for their license. Pay for all of it. But no, no, no. You ignorant liberals want you want the government to support these people. But no, but I think anybody that is anti-American like this and wants illegal aliens here, they should be have to take care of them. The people that are fighting for them should have to take care of them, because majority of Americans do not want illegal aliens in this country. We want legal Americans. We want people to do it the right way. You got you got all this shit, you know. Jeez. And, you know, here's, here's the thing. Now DACA recipients are saying, and this is hilarious, guys. You guys are going to laugh at this. You guys are going to laugh your fucking ass off. This is absolutely hysterical. But DACA recipients are now saying if amnesty fails, they'll self-deport. They're going to self-deport themselves if amnesty fails. I want to read this to you real quick, and I'm going to play you a clip. Some illegal aliens shielded from deportation by the President Obama created defer, deferred action for child, blah, 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 blah. Let me just read this to you. So here's the thing. So, so DACA recipients now are, are, are saying if they don't get amnesty, they'll leave the country, which I don't believe in the first place. Where are they going to go? Mexico? They have, believe me, this is the greatest country on earth. This is the greatest country on earth. We, we get the greatest freedom. You can do anything in this country. Mexico and other countries, you can't do, you can't do so much and have so much freedom and, and have the, the dream like you get in America. But anyways, a DACA amnesty would put more citizen children of illegal aliens known as anchor babies <laughs> on federal welfare. Uh, while American taxpayers would be left with a potentially 26 billion with a B uh, bill, so we would we would have to if, if even it, I really hope Trump does not cave on the DACA amnesty because taxpayers should not be stuck with this. And it's great if these people want to threaten to leave, leave, leave. You'd be doing us a favor. They're trying to they're trying to do that to so the Dem- so the Democrats you know the Democrats don't want to lose their fan base. So the Democrats will go, uh, you know, coddle them and, and say, no, 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 don't leave, don't leave. The DACA recipients right now are just playing with the Democrats, saying, um, you know, if you don't get us a deal, we're leaving. Like, and they're st- DACA stomping their feet like little fucking children, and they're not even American citizens. And then we don't owe them shit. They're so fucking entitled, and they think that 
I'm, it, it, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's fucking pathetic. And you know what? When I hear when, when, when I hear all this stupid shit that comes out of these people's mouths, and they're going to theme parks to shut down theme parks and put up their signs that you know they belong here, save DACA. You know, DACA. DACA is American. DACA, DACA kids are American kids, and all that stupid stuff. I mean, shut up, really, shut up. You, I mean, you had a lot. Like, you had so much time to get legal, do it the right way, and you guys are a slap in the face to the hardworking people that be, do it the right way and sign up to become legal. Anyways, I want to play a, a very racist and ignorant. Um, uh, uh, clip that Nancy Pelosi said the other day. Um, she, it's actually appallingly funny, and I can see how um, you know the, the liberals are so quick to say Republicans say things that are racist. But why don't we uh, call out Nancy for uh, this comment being racist? Because it could damn well be classified as fucking racist. The way it sounds, uh, you guys be the you guys be you guys you guys. Tell me if you guys think it's racist, but just listen. Listen to this. Quote, unquote, quote, unquote, her grandson came to her and said he wished he had brown skin. You, you can't make this shit up, folks. Clip one, two, one, two. I'm reminded of um, my own grandson. He had a very close friend. His name is Antonio. He's from Guatemala, and he has beautiful tan skin and beautiful brown eyes and the rest. And um, this was such a proud day for me because when my grandson blew out the candles on his cake, they said, did you make a wish? And he said, yes, I made a wish. He said, well, what is your wish? He said, I wish I had brown skin and brown eyes like Antonio. (laughs) So beautiful. So beautiful. The beauty is in the mix. I'm reminded of um, him. believe that lady the shit that comes out of her mouth I mean it's absolute it's senile it's insanity it's complete foolishness I mean I know she has a Xanax addiction I don't know how many she takes but she was probably on a lot of them right there I mean can you that and I want to ask? I want somebody to ask Nancy Pelosi. I believe that could be classified as racist. What she said, and and she's lying. Her grandson never said that. And and what kid wishes at a fucking table that that has a certain color skin to be a different color skin? They wish. I mean, it, it's the it's the biggest made up false bullshit story I think I've ever heard. Are you kidding me? Who? You can't make this stuff up, people. Who says this kind of stuff? Nancy Pelosi. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, and his friend Antonio. Yeah, I doubt it. I mean, way way to generalize a Hispanic, Nancy Pelosi. Way to generalize. That's like, that's like saying a black and saying Jamal. Like, way, way to generalize, Nancy. Jesus Christ. So frustrating um, with the 
you know, with the am with the amnesty, with the with Pelosi, with, with and Pelosi spent she she gave an eight hour speech on the podium in D.C. the other day. It, no, an eight hour speech for illegal immigrants. She has never even given a speech longer than five minutes for American citizens. This is who the Democratic Party is. They take illegal immigrants before their own before American citizens. Can you believe that, people? Eight hours defending illegal aliens has never spent longer than five minutes defending Americans. It's sick. It's sick. We should not have to live with these kind of people in our society. You know, it, it's it's one of those things that um, you you can't um, you just can't you, you really can't. I mean, it's one of those things that we just have to let the Democrats keep you know playing their script you know they have to they have to play, you know they have their script let them keep making fools of themselves because we're going to win big in the midterms we're going to win huge in the in in 2018 and in 2020 and with with all these companies like i said you had best buy recently give all their uh employees uh bonuses and benefits chipotle Apple, Comcast, Wells Fargo, uh, Starbucks, Boeing, Amazon, all the big companies are uh, the economy. I mean, all these signs, everything that's going on, the Republicans are in the best position. And it's statements like this. Uh, it's Democrats. You know, the Democrats are desperate and are in a bad, a bad, terrible state when they have to defend illegals. Uh, for their to keep their political political base up and standing. So true. So true. Um, so so the uranium one. Give me one second, guys. Alrighty, I'm gonna start uh, taking some calls. I got Gianni on the line. Take the call from Gianni in New York. Gianni. Hi, how are you? Gianni from New York is on the line. How are you, Gianni? Doing great, man. Glad to be here again, man. It's awesome. You like you liking the show? Yeah, man. You know, but you know, towards the end, I kind of got sad and mad at the same time. You know, the story you was telling about um, Nancy Pelosi's uh, grandson, man. Did you did you see? Like, you heard the clip, right? Yeah, I heard everything. Like I, I knew, I knew, I knew it happened. You know, I'm just saying, like it's so, you know, fucked up. You know, it's. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, like, I think it's just typical Democrats, you know what I'm saying, using the race card, you know? And yeah. 
now I feel like they're using immigrants. Because, see, here's the thing. You know that the Democratic Party is known for racism and slavery and Jim Crow and everything against black people. So now that Trump is in, he's actually doing something for black people. They're like, huh, what are we going to do now that we're not in office and we can't really enslave them like we did under Obama and past presidents? So now what we're going to do is we're going to do reverse racism. So now we want to try to get the black people and uh, 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 the immigrants and everybody on our side and the gay people on our side so we can point at the white people and say, oh, it's, it's bad being white. So now they're using reverse. It's, I mean, it's still racism. People think that all oh, the Democrats are not racist anymore. That's not true. I mean, they're always playing this, even in college, you know, they teach – Courses like white privilege and the effects of being white and white men, and it's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, you're 100% right. And, and here's the thing that bothers me. When people say white privilege, what about all the poor fucking white people in, the, in, the, in our country? Are they white privilege? What, what, I'm going to start saying brown and black privilege. Like, because they're, they're trying to use white privilege, like if somebody has money and is doing well in their life, well, what about somebody brown that has money and doing well in their life or somebody black that's doing well in, in, you know, in their life? You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it, and it's not true because, I mean, you walk through New York City, you don't see a bunch of black people, you know, on the ground asking for money. You see mostly white people, and there's no way that white privilege is – I mean, think about it. You can't, like, a university has to accept an amount of black people. Has to. You have to hire right. an amount of black people. You don't, All these things. Yeah, we got all these benefits. NAACP and the, 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 um, the CBC, the, the Congressional Black Caucus. And we got so much stuff for us. There is no excuse for black people not to be still. No excuse at all for me. No. No. And yeah, and and I hear that when I hear the term white privilege, it, it sickens me because it's it's a ra- it is a racist term first of all, in a way it is, um, and you know the Democrats throw it around like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, white privilege. Uh, I, I was I was talking to somebody about this not too long ago, and I was saying. Um, white privilege is old. That's like a maybe white privilege. You can think about the 40s and the 50s. and Yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure white privilege was around then. Now, there's no way. Like after the 1960s and the late 1960s and 70s, white privilege was no more. There's no way you can have white privilege. I mean, we had a president that was elected, a black president. Elected two times. You got Ben Carson, which is one of the best uh, uh, um, doctors out there. Uh, you got uh, Michelle Obama, you know, who was a black person who graduated uh, Harvard. I mean, I mean, come on. Like, it's ridiculous how many successful black people we got and how – I mean, even Morgan Freeman said it. He said it on Don, Don Lemon on uh, CNN, and they were talking about, all oh, white privilege and all this. So he was like, that's, that's BS. That's bullshit. He was like, look at me and you. Don Lemon is a head uh, uh, anchor for CNN. Where's the racism there? I mean, it's just ridiculous to even think that white privilege still exists in the world after everything that I see today, especially the opportunities we have and the extra gifts that's just given to us without 
anything working hard, you know? Exactly. No, it's it's true. It's true. It's so true. Um, and here and here's the thing, though. You know what I don't like is, um, you know, the de- the Democrats have made have, are the people that race bait. They're the people that start the race war. They're the people that are. You know, always look. Always, they're the they're they're the group. They're always accusing other people of racism. But let's not forget who started plantations, who started slavery. Let's not forget who. Let's not forget the people that still want to control your health care, control everything you do. That's bad. That's no different. And they want to control the minority community. That's no different than a plantation. It's they're the racist yep. party. I mean, that's what it is. You, you ever seen the movie Get Out, the horror movie? Yeah, I saw it. Did you did you know that that movie, the director, I forgot his name, he made that after, like, liberalism, white liberalism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like, oh, you know, the father was like, oh, I voted for Obama twice. Obama. And he was doing the whole, yeah. oh, black is in fashion, and you know, pushing up black people like they're this and they're that and everything. Guess what? At the end of the day, you had two black people that was there. You know, they were looking happy, but guess what? They were both slaves. They would be cooking and cleaning and doing yard work and everything. At the end of the day, what the white liberals want to do is fucking kill the black community. That's what abortion was about, to fucking kill the black community. And it's like I, I hate it when black people just sit back and just believe everything that they say. You know, I got into an argument on Instagram. I got blocked by uh, Anna Marta. She's like a celebrity or whatever, one of those Instagram people. And I was having mm-hmm. an argument, and I was just, like, going at it, spitting facts. Oh, you know, you're a traitor. And I, that's all she could say. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about this, though, uh, about – and, you're, and I was just talking, it's funny you bring up the movie Get Out, because I was recently talking with my girlfriend about the same, because we, we saw the movie together, and we, were recent, we recently started, we saw it last year when it first came out, but we recently started talking about the plot line again, and, and what, it, what it's all about. And you're exactly right, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people picked up on that, but it is. It's, it's white people controlling black people. And it's a plant. It's a plantation. I mean, the way it is uh, set out and and fully, you know, j- just the way it, it's um, the way it's. Fit, I mean, it's so easy. That's a perfect way uh, to get an example of how it was. I'm sure uh, in those days. I mean, it describes it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan Peele even said it himself. I watched the interview. He said that's what, that's what he made the movie about: white neoliberals. That's what he made a movie about. I was like, I was shocked because like Hollywood directors like around white you know, what? And people was just guess what? Get me. <laughs> Let me show you what most black people got of it. Oh, don't marry white girls because they'll accuse uh, you about rape. I'm like, how how do you get that? The director Jordan Peele is married to a white girl. That is ridiculous. How the fuck? Do you get that message out of the movie? That's just ridiculous. Right. 
Right. No, absolutely. No. And, and yeah, and, 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 the, and that movie is, um, it, 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 it totally, you know, it shows, I believe a lot of liberals, white, well, I believe a lot, a lot of white liberals are still like that today. I really do. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, they, they come out in packs. Um, and I, 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 I'm pretty sure uh, that a lot, a lot of the white liberals have still have that same philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just, just the whole yeah. agenda, just, just the whole, the whole motive behind, um, you know, white, white liberalism. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's absolutely, it, it's disgusting. It really is. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's totally disgusting. And it's so, it's so, it's so anti-America too. It's so anti-America. And so, what's going on? Go, go ahead, go ahead. What were you say? Oh no, I was just saying it is. But going Bring back it. to this whole white, going back to this whole white privilege, um, stupid thing, um. It's ridiculous. You know, anybody that uses that term white privilege is just insecure and is, and, you know, totally is a low, is a low life because nobody, nobody with sense or intelligence or, you know, nobody should use that term. I I think if somebody's going to say white privilege, then you say brown privilege or black privilege. Let's talk about that then because, you know, white privilege, you know, there's a lot of poor white people, like I said, in this country. They're not privileged, you know. <clears throat> mhm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, it hit, like I, I posted something on Facebook uh, last year. I was like, first, I don't see white people complaining about Asian privilege because Asians are technically the most smartest people here. Then. After you have white, you got Asians, and you have whites, and then you got African people, which I said destroys the whole, oh, they want to go against black people bullshit, because Africans are one of the most smartest people here in America. And, and, and that's what I'm like. The Africans that, of course, come here legally, of course, are some of the smartest people here in America. And I'm like, how can you complain about that? Like, the only people that use white privilege are lazy fucks, just to be honest. Just to be honest. They just want to sit down, do nothing with their life. Like you said, be a low life. They want to smoke weed and play Xbox all day. Do nothing. Yep. Complain about the white man. Yep. That's all they want to do, to be honest. Yep. They want to complain about the white man. Yep. All right. Um, I want to uh, – actually, before we, before we leave this topic, um, you know – People, I, I, I see, and why, why, why? And I see people also that have all this white guilt, and they're like, you don't know what black people have to go through. You don't know what they have to. They're not like us. That's what I hear white liberals saying. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. And and like with Hispanics, with Hispan, you don't know what Hispanics have to go through. I mean, I just, it's just like, shut the fuck up. Stop putting them in a box. We're all, 
You don't know what we us ones have to go through. What, what the fuck? I don't understand. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand what they mean. Like white, white. I'm the I'm white, white liberals' worst nightmare because I'm a black guy right. that support black Hispanic guy that supports Donald Trump. Trump. And plus, I've never check this out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. I never been arrested. I've never been warned by a cop. I've never even had an altercation with the cop. I've never been to prison. I've never had to deal with any of that. I've never been shot at. I mean, like, I haven't went through any of that. And I, I don't, I'm not some, you know, super rich black guy, you know. I'm not. Like, I'm from New York, dude. Like, come on. Like, what? I've never been harassed or anything. I, I don't understand what people are talking about when it's, oh, well, cops, they just go out just like to shoot black people. Yeah, bullshit. My dad was a cop. I mean, I, I'm serious. I've never had anything. I've never been called nigger by a white person, ever. Not once. And, I, and this is God honest truth. A white person has never called me saying, hey, nigger. White. Never. I've never had it happen right. to me. I, mean, I, have, I grew up with mostly, you know, white friends anyway. So I never had it happen to me for some reason. I don't know. Right. Well, well, no, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I think the whole racism thing is over exaggerated. I don't, I don't think there's racism like the Democrats are saying there is in today's world. I just don't. I just don't. I don't even see it. I don't even see any. I don't see racism. The only or racist ver- that very are- rarely, very rarely do I see it. Right. The only racism that there is, there's two kinds. You have the KKK and the white supremacists, the dudes that grab each other's dicks, and, you know, the cosplay, whole redneck cosplay. And then yeah. you have the Democratic you have the Democratic racism. I would be more scared of the Democratic racism than the KKK. I mean, they can't do anything. This is a 1950 or 40 anymore. All they do is meet up. In robes and stuff, and a lot of them are not even racist like we think they are. Some of them are just segregationists now. Most of them are, and right, it's like what are they like? What are they to be like? What are they to be scared of? Like I'm not scared of a, like I would literally go to a KK meeting and just sit there and be like, fuck all of you. Like I don't, they're not scary to me anymore. But I would be scared of the Nancy Pelosi's and the Hillary Clintons and shit that can pass laws to damage the black community like they have. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the thing though. And hold on one second. Hold on one second. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm gonna move on topics though. But here, here's a big story um, that we're gonna talk about. Um, an FBI informant told three con- congressional committees in a written statement that Moscow routed millions to America with the exception it would benefit Bill Clinton's charitable efforts as then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton pushed, th- pushed through a reset in U.S.-Russia relations, the Hills recently reported. The informant, Douglas Campbell, said in a statement, which was obtained by the Hill, that Russian nuclear executive executives told him Moscow hired American lobbying firm APCO worldwide because it would influence the Obama administration and specifically Hillary Clinton. Campbell testified, according to the Hill, that Russian nuclear officials told 
that nuclear officials told me at various times that they expect APCO to apply a portion of the $3 million annually lobbying fee it was receiving from the Russians to provide in-kind support for the Clinton's global initiative. The contract called for four payments of 750000 over 12 months. APCO is expected to give assistance free of charge to the Clinton Global Initiative as part of their effort to create a favorable environment to ensure that Obama administration made affirmative decisions on everything on everything from Uranium One to the U.S.-Russia Civilian Nuclear Cooperation Agreement. A- ACPO officials told The Hill that it supports the Clinton Global Initiative and its work with Russia. Um, where is it? Hold on a second. AC, APCO officials told The Hill that its support for the Clinton Global Initiative and its work with Russia were not connected in any way and involved different divisions of the firm. They also said that their lobbying for Russia did not involve Uranium One, but instead focused on the regulatory issues aimed at helping Russia better compete for nuclear, nuclear fuel contracts inside the United States. APCO Worldwide's activities involving clients' work on behalf of 10X and the Clinton Global Initiative were totally separate and unconnected in any way. APCO told The Hill in a statement, all actions on these two unconnected activities were appropriate, publicly documented from the outset and consistent with with regulations and the law. Any assertion otherwise is false and unfounded. Clinton spokesman Nick Merrill caused testimony distracted. Yes, yes, sir. The committee made clear. Um, so wow. So fuck. So this is this is just another bombshell report. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus. <laughs> I know that was a lot to chew on. I was like, oh my god, what? And we're, and what is this? What what like article is this with? This this is in this is in Breibart. Uh, few hours ago. I'm going through it right now. Uh, my computer froze. Hold on one second. Sorry, everybody. Okay, I am back. All righty, yes, yes, yes. we are back. We are back and ready to ready to go. So um, the Uranium One deal, um, there has been a report out this week that uh, there's a, the there's been an informant. There's an informant on the Uranium One deal, and he the person has a lawyer. And, um, you know, it's being protected from the Clintons because, you know, if people start talking and the Clintons have acted, they go, Clintons have caused people to go missing. So um, during a Thursday night appearance on America's newsroom, Victoria Tonsing, attorney for FBI informant Douglas Campbell, fired back at Hillary Clinton's spokesman Nick Merrill for saying her client was participating in a charade by informing the FBI that Russia paid a lobbying group $3 million to provide 
So, obviously, the Clinton camp is denying it and calling it charades and a joke. But, you know, the attorney uh, that's representing this FBI informant, this attorney that's representing this FBI informant that has um, information on Hillary's Uranium One deal and all the paperwork to take Hillary down. Um, So, so this is, I mean, this is huge. Um, Campbell came out because he thought he was... And wanted his story to be told. So the guy, so wow, so this is amazing. So the guy that has the attorney that was the the guy that's the FBI informant, Douglas Campbell, um, was apparently around the Clintons when they were doing the whole Uranium One deal and has all this information. So he hired an attorney and um, basically this guy was about to die. Um, he's dying from cancer and wanted this, his story to be told about the Clinton's corruption. So he's coming out with a lawyer and making sure that the truth is set free. Mm. So appar- apparently the FBI has all kinds of videotapes of Hillary and uh, the, all the, the corruption of the Uranium One deal. What you, this, and, and new reports are going to be coming out in the days to come. This is a bombshell report. This is huge. Oh, huge. This is unreal. So basically, uh, the Uranium One deal um, is, is going to be prosecuted. I mean, it, it definitely will. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there there's if there's tapes, I mean, it's over. It's over for the Clintons. If there's fucking tapes, like they're saying there's tapes. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's. That's one thing, like, I've been, like, really praying about. I've been like, man, like, I'm sick and tired of just, you know, the articles, man. I want people, like you said, to be indicted, man. I want people, I want to hear jail cells lock. That's what I want to hear because it's just so much, like, the real Russian collusion is obviously with the Clintons. I mean, it's so, I mean, yeah. like, I I told so many people, like, look. You could go on Google, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton. They're like they're having beers with Putin. Like, yep. come on, for them to say that he's so terrible, Putin is so terrible. Oh my God, we can't believe what he does. He's so he, colluding with Trump, so he can get in and do what he want to do. Give me a fucking break. You was over there having beer with him, laughing and smiling. Come on. Here we go. I'm gonna play a great clip. Uh, Hillary Clinton is back, and she's blaming. Um, her loss on misogyny and sexism again. Mark Dice clip. Uh, 1-3, play. She's back! Hillary Clinton crawled out of the pits of hell yesterday to make a rare appearance at a women's conference in Los Angeles via a live stream from her home in New York. The theme of the conference was raise your voice and keep that in mind because the irony is about to get too thick to cut with a knife in 3, 2, 1. So... Let me add my voice. I pledge to continue to speak out. I pledge to never give up. I will do everything I can to keep my voice, number one. To advance the rights and opportunities of women. In the midst of this snowstorm, let's keep going. Thank you. This is really bringing back all kinds of memories of the final few months of the 2016 election when we were all concerned about Hillary Clinton's failing health and all called a bunch of conspiracy theorists. 
Join me as we take a trip down memory lane as we go back to September 6th, 2016, as the Washington Post demanded that we stop talking about Hillary Clinton's health and said that it was just fake news that she wasn't doing well. Our next stop is five days later, as Hillary Clinton was caught on tape completely collapsing after having left the 9-11 memorial early and literally being carried off by her staff. We now go back a few weeks earlier to August 22, 2016, when Rudy Giuliani was said to have been spreading false rumors and unsubstantiated and debunked conspiracy theories about Hillary Clinton's health, when he simply encouraged viewers on Fox News to Google Hillary's health and look at some of the videos of what was going on with her. Now we're going back in time a few more days to August 16, 2016, when Dr. Drew gave an interview on KABC Radio saying that he had grave concerns about Hillary Clinton's health. The fact is she released her medical records some time ago. And if you listen to my show last week, I just, I just called a friend of mine, Dr. Robert Heisinger, who's an excellent internist pulmonologist, and we just dispassionately sat and evaluated the medical record that she had released. And based on the information that she has provided and her doctors have provided, we were gravely concerned not just about her health care, not about her health, but her health care. The next stop on our trip down memory lane is later that day when KABC Radio deleted the article on their website about Dr. Drew's statements. Now if you go to the URL, it says, whoops, page not found. Very Orwellian of you, KABC. We can't let the American public learn about Hillary Clinton's health problems, can we? Come along, folks. We're off to the next exhibit, which is undeniable Orwellian insanity because the Dr. Drew show was canceled from CNN's sister station, HLN, just a few days later. Even the Washington Compost couldn't help but connect the dots. Dr. Drew's show canceled days after hosts' negative speculation about Hillary Clinton's health. Oh, we're not done yet, folks. Let's not forget about when Bill Clinton gave an interview with Charlie Rhodes on PBS and admitted that Hillary had experienced similar episodes frequently. And when that same interview aired later on CBS, they doctored the footage and edited that part out. Everything's just fine. She'll be a great president. I'm sure of it. But we were the conspiracy theorists for putting together the obvious pieces of this puzzle and seeing the censorship and the suppression about their legitimate concerns for her health issues. I guess we were all wrong, guys, and just a bunch of Russian bots promoting fake news about Hillary's health because it turns out that she's perfectly fine. And speaking of Russian bots, hope you guys will check out my new Russian bot shirt. Available. <laughs> oh, my God. That was crazy, man. <laughs> Here I'm gonna play I'm gonna play another uh, Mark Dice clip for the uh, for the audience. Uh, this is a one this is one that came out today I believe. <laughs> of course Democrats have no sense of humor and can't take a joke because jokes are just too offensive these days. So of course they completely flipped out when President Trump hyperbolically and jokingly said that they had committed treason by sitting like a bunch of dead fish during his State of the Union address last week. Even on positive news, really positive news, like that, they were like death and un-American, un-American. Yep. Somebody said treasonous. I mean, yeah, I guess why not? <laughs> Can we call that treason? Why not? Why not? I mean, they certainly didn't seem to love our country very much. But you look at that, and it's, it's really... Very, very sad. Of course, they are un-American. Nancy Pelosi didn't move a muscle and just sat there like a propped-up corpse. 
and only one member of the Congressional Black Caucus applauded when the president mentioned that black unemployment is at an all-time low. But of course, facts and jokes hurt liberals' feelings, so Senator Jeff Flake decided to complain about the treason remark on the floor of the Senate to a completely empty chamber. But of course, CNN, the Cloud News Network, decided to air the speech to try to fan the flames of this non-existent fire. I have seen the president's most ardent defenders use the now-weary argument that the president's comments were meant as a joke. Just sarcasm. It was. Only tongue-in-cheek. Yes. But treason is not a punchline, Mr. President. <laughs> the president said that the State of the Union address was meant to promote and encourage unity in government. Yes. Then why follow up less than a week later with this divisive and, har and harmful rhetoric? Why did you guys just sit there scowling at him his whole speech while he was going over the amazing things that have been happening in this country? It's no wonder this town's not seeking re-election because he sees the writing on the wall. So long, swamp scum! Since he was smiling and everyone was laughing when he said the Democrats were treasonous, you can admit that that was just a joke, right, CNN? We're, we're getting more North Korean every day in this country. I mean, you know, yesterday the president says people who don't cheer are un-American and, and treasonous. Yes. And today we're going to start having big parades. Oh, no, not a parade. You mean the same parade that the Democrats are freaking out about? Even though just a few years ago, Chuck Schumer had this to say about the idea. Now, as military operations in Afghanistan draw to a close, there are calls for a ticker tape parade to honor those who fought in the war on terror. After all, these men risked their lives to protect us. They experienced terrible trauma and tragedy along the way. Senator Charles Schumer is appealing to the Department of Defense for approval of a grand event up the Canyon of Heroes that would include military brass, color guards, military bands, and flyovers. It's still in the planning stages, but DOD officials say it's certainly not unprecedented. Oh, that's interesting, because President Trump just proposed that same idea, and all the Democrats are comparing him to Kim Jong-un. Mr. Schumer, you proposed a military parade a few years ago. What are your thoughts on this today? We are dealing with probably the most dangerous and worst man in the presidency we have ever had in the history of this nation. But we are going to win the fight. We're going to win the fight. It looks like Joe Biden's getting bored in his retirement because he gave an interview to MSNBC about Trump's treason joke. What's your reaction, Joe? Joe? Wake up, Joe. Joe. I, are you there, Joe? I wonder about his... Uh grasp of the role of any president. I wonder as to... Uh, I wonder if you just woke up from a nap, sir. Maybe you should go back to bed, Mr. Biden. I think this interview was a big mistake. Maybe MSLGBTV's Lawrence O'Donnell will give a rational explanation for this to his viewers. And so it is another day of shame for Donald Trump, who is unfortunately incapable of feeling shame. But it is also another day of shame for everyone in the Trump family. And it is another day of shame for everyone working for Donald Trump, none of whom. Have the courage. Have the courage to watch your show because it gives people migraine headaches. Of course, the thought police at YouTube don't have a sense of humor either. They keep demonetizing my videos for being non-advertiser friendly. Like yesterday's video about the Russian bots. The video the day before that about Adam Schiff getting a prank call from the Russians. The video about Joe Scarborough singing an anti-Trump song. Uh, the CNN reporting on the asteroid that may hit the planet because of the government shutdown. 
MSNBC calling Devin Nunes a Russian agent, me giving a heads up about the FISA memo about to be released, the thank you President Trump one year anniversary video celebration, and even the President's State of the Union address. So I appreciate all you guys who support me on Patreon and PayPal and who get my books and my shirts. Couldn't do this without you, so I appreciate all your support. I just launched this new t-shirt yesterday, the Russian bot shirt. You can get it in t-shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie, also multiple different colors. So if you want to support this channel and have a great shirt, visit the link in the description below or go to markdice.com and pick yourself one up. Thanks for all your support, guys. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> Of course, Democrats have no. Wow, that was fantastic. He 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 is he's so hilarious, but he's so right. Yeah. Like he 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 does those he does those videos those segments perfectly. Real perfectly, man. It's like and then the part where he uh, played about the whole Chuck Schumer thing. Chuck Schumer, it, it, and it, he's really been getting exposed a lot, you know, because on one breath he says this, then another breath some years ago he says this. And this is like the Democrats are getting so exposed, whether it's Bill, Hillary, Obama, and him on immigration. You know, it's just like, it's so stupid. Like, people get mad over, over a fucking parade. I mean, yeah, sometimes it does kind of like, oh, maybe that's a little bit too much money. But, I mean, think about this. Even though it's, you know, kind of a lot of money. We're spending it on people that fight for our freedom, that are willing to right, right, give their lives. And, and you brought you thing. brought it's like yeah, oh, yeah you ahead. brought up a really you brought up you brought up a point uh, that I really wanted to talk about today. I absolutely people are bitching. Oh, Trump Trump shouldn't have his own parade because that's what dictators do. That's what North Korea does. No, that has nothing to do with it. The U.S. has had military parades in the past. This is just another uh, talking point by the Democrats, just to just to just for them to talk and, and fill their um, voters' heads up with more bullshit. But I absolutely 100% agree that Trump should be able to get his own military parade. Trump should be able to get whatever the hell he wants. Trump has done more than any president ever in history. I think Trump should have whatever he wants. Absolutely. Give him that military parade. He's done more for the military than any president in history. Yes, absolutely, man. I mean, than everybody, man. That's why people, you know, you know, he's not 100% like Lincoln, but that's why people say he he will be the greatest president since Lincoln, which I agree with. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. I mean, he is, he is, you know, if you look at nobody has accomplished what he's, what he's accomplished. What, I mean, Trump nope. is in his own category of greatness. Mm-hmm. And it's really, what's your thought? Don't you agree they should give him a, a parade? Yeah, I, I agree they should. I mean, like, why not? Yeah. I mean, I mean honestly, like, it. Yeah. here's the thing. I, I watched this video. I remember there was a show called The Newsroom that was on TV, and it was talking about why America isn't great anymore. And it was a nice – it was a real nice speech uh, on the on the te- television, and it, that right. really brings me back to the whole conversation. I'm like, 
it's gonna what this is gonna do is Trump is changing everything. I mean, the way the White House looks on the inside, uh, yeah. policy. You know, it, he's changing right. everything. But there's a reason why he changed it, and the reason why we should have the parade because we should show. It's not because we're trying to say, hey, look at us, we're you know, we, we are king or we are this and that. No, it's not about trying to show power. It's trying to show greatness. Right. Two different things. Right. And right. I feel exactly. like the, what the parade is going to do is start something in America that every president, he's going to start a new, you know, tra- tradition, basically. Yep, revolution. Yeah. Yeah, and you make a really good point, and, you know, and the, the and the Democrats want to bitch that it. Oh, what about how much money it costs? They shouldn't even start with talking about how much how much money it costs. They've wasted so much money, and then that's but that's beside the fact. But you know, Trump deserves this one hundred percent. He's done more for the military than any president, uh, and I think it's great that he's going to do this. Um, I want to move on to our last topic uh, before we before we have to go. Um, but uh, but you're right about the about the about the military part. He, like it's gonna it, like he he is gonna start a brand. I mean this is gonna be a huge revolution. I mean it's a huge revolution tradition. Um, you know this military uh, parade and uh, you know it, it's gonna it's gonna create something so, very special and something so amazing. Um, you know in our country it really is. Mhm. Really so, is. I feel it. Like I get goosebumps. I'm being honest. Yeah. When I think about yeah. it, I get goosebumps. Yeah. And people try to say, "Oh, well, this yeah. looks like yeah. the rise of Hitler." Come on, this is gonna be so good, man. Like I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, like I'm so optimistic. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. glad to get to the future, basically. Yep. Yep. Okay. Last topic. Uh, we, we're running out of time, but last topic. So the movie The Black Panther came out this past week. And it got didn't get the best reviews, and guess what Hollywood's blaming it on? Uh, yeah, I think it's out. But um, and Hollywood, basically, what happened is Black Panther got bad reviews, and now they're blaming it on racism because it's all oh, black people. Wait, in the bla- wait, it's all I black, black people Panther coming out the. This, I thought Black Panther was coming out this Friday, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the reviews, like that, <laughs> racism. What? So yeah. So the, based off the bad reviews, Hollywood's blaming racism because of the all black, all male, all black cast, and they're they're saying it's all due to racism. I mean, that's the bullshit we have in today's society. Is we have people making stupid comments, and and that's just. I mean, it's such a thing to say, and ignorant to blame it on racism it has nothing to do with race <laughs> yeah that's so that, to me it's so ridiculous you know it's kind of like Black <laughs> Panther should be a thing that shows you that you know the world is not racist anymore I mean like think about this I mean in the movie what yeah. everybody, what what I've been talking about. I was watching the interview of the guy, one of the guys that right. were in it, you know. And you got, you got to, you got to really, up. Like you got like, hey, you got like forty seconds. I got to wrap it up quickly because I'm oh, okay. on a timer. Well, yeah, in the movie, he talks about how like 
that it should empower black people to understand, you know, that, you know, you could do anything in the world yep. and that Hollywood is not all the way racist and, you know, things in that nature. That's what, this is all I pulled from it. Cause I okay. Yet, so I don't know. Well, I'm definitely going to see it. I'm, we're, we're definitely going to see it. And, yeah, I mean, it's such nonsense when the, – the, and, it's, and it's funny when they try to blame racism on the bad reviews. That's just hilarious. <laughs> All right, Gianni, I'll, uh, I'll let you go, man, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Next time. Take care, man. Hello, everybody. We uh, got disconnected for a second, um, but I want to say to all of you, thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. Um, I really appreciate it, all of my listeners. I hope you all have the, uh, a great rest of the weekend. Um, God bless. Cheers. Hey guys, thank you for watching the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's Man of the Hour and home of America's Biggest Trump supporter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Cheers.